We're going to read now, so if you could grab a Bible, uh, Sam is go- going to read for us. Today's reading is from Titus chapter 2, verses 11 to 15. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, who are zealous for good works. Declare these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one disregard you. Um, Well, please turn back in your Bibles to Titus and chapter 2, and we'll be looking at those few verses from 11 to 15 now. Well, it's true, isn't it, that at the moment our lives seem to be defined by two events, and one of which of those events has its first anniversary this week. Two events. One of those events we look back at that took place um, about a year ago, and the other is an event that's still ahead um, that we are waiting on. Well, any guesses about what these events are? I'm talking, of course, about the start of those COVID-19 restrictions, which arrived on the scene with the event of the, the, the Taoiseach announcing to the country on the 12th of March last year that schools would close and would move into restrictions. And then the other event, of course, is the, in the future, that final date when those restrictions will be lifted again and things will reopen. Two events, one past, one future, by which our lives at the moment are very much defined. Now, in this letter to his co-worker Titus, Paul's been challenging Christians on Crete about the the consistency of their beliefs and their behavior. And now as he does that, he also brings our attention to two events. Again, there's one from the past and one event still to come. Well, what are they? Well, let me read again these few verses and see if you can find them. Here's the clue. Watch for the word appear. Have a look from verse 11. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Paul shows that our lives should be defined by those events. Firstly, the appearing, that arrival in history, the event of God's grace, verse 11, the arrival of Jesus Christ. And we'll see why in just a moment. And then he goes on um, immediately to say that Christians live lives that are pointed forward in the direction of the appearing, there's that word again, the future arrival, the event of God's glory, verse 13, the return of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, it's, it's really understandable for us in the last year to have been a bit consumed by the COVID events. But if you're a Christian, Why don't you widen those parameters of your focus again today? Why don't you look back and then simultaneously forward 
to the Christ events. Here are two events to focus on as we look back at a year of restrictions and think about their removal. Here are two events that anchor our lives as we live out our lives in the present uh, between those two events. Look, look at that very first word in verse 11. It's the word for. You see, Paul's making the point in, in verses 11 to 14 that the new living that Christians are called to, remember those things that he called the older and younger men and older and younger women to? The self-control he described in verses 1 to 10? Well, all of this is grounded in the extraordinary and massive infiltration of God's amazing grace in the event of Christ's birth, life, death, resurrection. The grace of God appearing. And so we're going to need to live a life that's focused on that grace of God. Verses 11 and 12. Have a look. For, Paul writes, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. Isn't verse 11 just an astounding statement? Have a look again. Here's the, the foundation. Here's the catalyst of your new life and any trans, transformed behavior that's going to come about as you live. If you're a follower of Christ, the grace of God has appeared. And with this Christ event, there's been the rollout of a salvation program across the world. A salvation program rolled out to all people. Salvation, in other words, made available for everyone who will come and receive it. Access for everyone to life-saving grace. Well, in verse 12, the picture changes now slightly. God's grace changes from being the mass distributor of salvation, verse 11, to, um, uh, salvation for all who received it being doled out and, and now grace is personified as a teacher have a look for the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation for all people training us there's that word training teaching us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled upright and godly lives in the present age so Paul's explaining here here's how and why you're going to be able to live in the ways that he's just urged them to live in verses 1 to 10. Because with the Lord Jesus Christ, in him who embodied the appearance of God's grace, in him you have a new teacher. I think we all realize the difference that this makes. If you have a good teacher, it makes, it makes a huge difference. Now, if you're in school at the moment, um, it's particularly real for you. So if you have a good teacher... Mathematics suddenly makes sense. Languages somehow get into your mind and flow out of your mouth. Essays nearly write themselves. Well, kind of. With a skilled teacher bringing the subject to life, it makes a world of difference, doesn't it? So for the Christians on Crete, as well as for us, God's saving grace is our teacher. Verse 12, look, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives. Now, this is a really important point. I'm thinking here of the people of Crete who we've been looking at over this last couple of weeks. Um, the people of Crete who appear to have been 
submerged in a really murky culture. Look, at, look back to chapter 1, verse 12. Lies and evil seem to abound. They were living amongst people, chapter 1, verse 16, who said they knew God, but who denied God by what they did. And Paul describes it as detestable, disobedient people, unfit for any good work. Now then you add a person to this island who's suddenly compelled by Jesus Christ. And well, realistically, wouldn't you say, they won't last very long as a Christian. And yet, for those genuinely arrested by the gospel, by Christ, for whom God's grace brings salvation, Paul tells us that grace will also train them to say no. Train them to renounce, to say no to the lies and the evil and the selfishness and the self-centeredness. And that grace will train them in self-control, to be upright, to be godly. Isn't that amazing? For us in Black Rock following Christ, um, grace is our savior and our teacher too. And, and the Bible's urging you today to give this teacher your attention once again. And as you look back beyond the 12th of March last year, back to the cross, when God's grace appeared. Let's learn and relearn this lesson. We are saved and then empowered and taught and trained by grace to say no uh, to what's wrong and to say yes to self-control and living for Christ. Now you've probably found, as many people have, that sometimes when you look back at the events in your life to the different things that have happened over a lifetime, well, will some of those events upset you and even derail you in the present? Many, many people, and this may include you too, many people have suffered terrible things that have affected their behavior and their life experiences, even in the present. But I'm asking you, whatever burdens you're carrying, whatever events have defined you, the Bible says there's one event in history that can refocus your life and refocus it for the better in the present and for the future. And what's that event? Well, it's the appearance, verse 11, of God's grace in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you remember the scenes on the news last year when the desperately needed supplies of PPE arrived in Ireland by plane? And we watched that plane landing. Um, some of us tracked it on the flight tracker. And hopes were suddenly raised in the fight against the coronavirus with these new supplies. Well, with Christ, there was an even greater arrival. It was an event of God's grace arriving, bringing salvation, and with it, gracious instruction, teaching, training us to refocus our lives. So let's look here again today, every one of us. And if you're focusing your life and your hopes predominantly on something else, maybe on other big events, whether in the past or going forward. Maybe it's a birthday, a wedding day, a graduation day, a holiday, a payday. Well, none of these will provide security and what's promised here, the salvation and training of the grace of God. Is your life focused and reoriented and redefined by the appearing of the grace of God? Well, John Stott helpfully writes this. He says, 
the deliberate orientation of ourselves, this looking back and looking forward, this determination to live in the light of Christ's two comings, to live today in the light of yesterday and tomorrow, this should be an essential part of our daily discipline. Looking back to Christ. Looking forward to Christ. And, and so to that second event we now turn, and that's where Paul moves in this short passage. The second event, you see, is still to come. Paul shows us that the Christian life is one that's headed toward the glory of God, verses 13 to 14. Have a look. Um, verse 13 is in the middle of this amazing sentence. Waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Jesus Christ arrived in grace and the Bible says he will return in glory. Well, for Christians, their lives in the future they're defined not by the arrival of the end of COVID restrictions or anything else, any of those big days to come, and as good as all they sound, but the Christian's life is defined in waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, before you think that's all theology, this makes really practical sense. And for example, if I'm trying to cross a river and I manage Bear Grylls style to tie a rope between a strongly rooted tree on one side and a strongly rooted tree on the far side, then I have a hope of making it safely across this fast flowing river because I have two fixed points. And for Christians, the event of Christ's arrival and the event of his return provide those two fixed points for our lives. And so even if some people say that, wow, we're Christians, you Christians, you're too caught up with the distant past and, and, and then looking forward into a remote future. Well, the reality is uh, the stability and security of that fixed line. There's a rope between the two. There's, there's not just a, a, a being caught up with something far in the past or far in the future, but it gives us a strength and a security in the present. You see, the reality is every day living in present times in a way that's holding onto that rope, secure, not careless, self-controlled, not out of control, anchored, not tossed about. And, and that's the picture of wonderful rescue here. And it, it echoes again as, as we go into verse 14. Look, our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us. Why? to redeem us, to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession. We need to live a life that's headed towards the glory of God. After all, would you look at what Jesus did, Paul says. He gave himself for us to redeem us, to buy each one of us back from all lawlessness, that is, self-made chaos. That's what Jesus did. He redeemed us. God's grace appearing to rescue us, bring us salvation. Echoed again here in that word redeem. And then 
change us. Look at the word purify, to purify us for himself. Now when you're in your your more honest moments and you stop and ask and answer this question, where's my life headed? You may find that you've thrown the rope around some other very good things. Maybe you've thrown that rope around a relationship or your field of study, a particular lifestyle or experiences or some combination of those things. And you see, even if you pursue those things, even if you dodge perhaps all the really ugly stuff, the truth is that you're still not headed in the right direction. You're not attached to something secure. So imagine again my standing at the bank of that river, that fast-flowing, dangerous river, one end of the rope anchored to a sturdy tree on my side, and then lassoing the other part of that rope to a bit of a branch that's floating down midstream. Well, whenever I set out across the rapids, well, there isn't the same security at all, is there? Paul wants us to see as he, as he prepares Titus for the pastoral work on Crete, he wants us all to see that there's something about a fixed line between the Christ events, the appearance of God's grace and the appearance of God's glory. And you know, that provides the, the sufficient tension to keep us living self-controlled, godly, upright lives in the present. There's something in this, in this fixed line that will help us align our beliefs and our behavior, leading to more than just cold compliance, living good lives. But look at the end of verse 14. Zealous for good works. Are you living in a way that's being focused by the grace of God and Christ? If you're not, look back at the cross. Turn around. Tether your life to God's in-breaking grace. Are you living a life that's waiting and headed towards the glory of God in Christ's return? Well, check your ropes. Are you? Check your ropes, children. Don't be conned into living for yourself and satisfying your own life with things or play or money. Check your ropes, teenagers. Are they tied to Christ? Or are they tied to your own image or your friends or your sport or your career? Check your ropes, younger men and older men, younger women, older women. Tether them to Christ as you look back to that event of God's grace appearing. And as you look forward to Christ's return, God our Savior, the glory of God revealed.